for the record, I also just generally dislike puddings. Mm, uh, fair. So, I mean, only except there's only one acceptable kind of pudding, and that's chocolate pudding uh, from weird buffet style restaurants, specifically pizza style buffets like a Mr. Gaddy's. That chocolate pudding, very good. Rip CC's Pizza. I don't understand how a place like CC's Pizza goes out of business. Because you can't have buffets open in a pandemic? Yeah, but I mean, well, I guess that's true. Oh, no, they were going to lose a Mr. Gaddy's, too. Oh, no. I've never eaten there, but that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's not that big a loss, frankly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. I am your host, Brian. I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod, and you can find this podcast on the Twitter at RoomwarePod as well. With me, as always, is my co-host, August. Hello, I'm August. You can find me on the Twitters at HarpyDora. Also, Brian, we did not clap, but I know that you don't use claps, so I guess it's okay. But you've also said that you line things up with the Craig backup, which we don't have today. So it's it's easier to do with only two tracks, frankly. OK, cool. I just do it. Uh, basically, I just space it off of the intro where I just line your track up off of me introducing you. And then when it sounds right, it sounds right. Usually. OK, that's fine. In that so. case. Yeah. Also, my pronouns are they them. I'm pretty sure I didn't say that. So I'm saying it now. Uh, we're actually recording this on International Pronouns Day, so <gasps> you you better have some fucking pronouns. You're not allowed to not have pronouns on the day that we're recording this. So when you hear this, go back in time a week and assign yourself some motherfucking pronouns. Yeah, do it. That's it. That's all I got. <sighs> all right, good. Um, August, have you watched any cartoons this week? I have not watched any cartoons, but I have watched uh, The uh, Haunting of Bly Manor, which is uh, very good and very gay. Um, I was... Explain to me what this new season is, because I will never watch this scary shit. It's honestly, like, there's... It's a lot less horror-focused than Hill House was. Um, It has a lot to do with just, like, some interpersonal drama... Um, it has a lot to do with with dealing with intergenerational trauma, um, despite being set largely in the 80s. Um, it dealt with the homophobia really gracefully, like it wasn't really an in-your-face thing. It was something that was kind of mentioned and definitely had an effect on the characters involved. But it wasn't overstated. It wasn't played for, like, misery porn or anything like that. But uh, the plot of it is um, it's the 80s, and there's an American girl 
on the run from her past who moved to London and she takes a job as a live-in au pair in this uh, giant house in the English countryside, Bly Manor. Yeah. What is no pair? Uh, fancy nanny. Okay. Um, and, uh, there are two children. They're very creepy. Of course, that shit's haunted, uh, because everything's haunted in England. And it has to do a lot about, you know, uncovering why it's haunted, who the ghosts are, and just handling the interpersonal drama. Um, there's like two jump scares, but overall it's it's just a really nice story. Like the characters are pretty well done. Um I was kind of shocked. I thought that they were going to brutally kill off uh one of the gay characters and they did not do that. Um yeah, and it was very nice. satisfying. Good. I'm glad that it was good. Um I started I watched the Darkwing Duck one-hour DuckTales special uh, this week. So that was fun. It was actually really good. Uh, I'm excited if this is a pilot for a new Darkwing Duck cartoon, the interesting direction they'll be taking that in. Um, I continue to enjoy for somehow the new DuckTales. I really... Why do you do- I want to watch the new DuckTales so badly. Um, I, I just kind of like the how I watched it is I just started watching the first season. And if I was like five minutes into an episode, I'm like, mm, I don't really give a fuck about this. I just skipped it, and moved on to the next episode. Uh, here's the thing. And I didn't miss anything. So here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. They let David Tennant have his natural accent. So I want to watch yeah. it all. It's good, but I mean, sometimes that first season has a couple of decidedly filler episodes where I'm like, I don't give a fuck here. Eh, uh, that's Moving fair. On. Get me. All I actually <clears throat> wanted to do was figure out this Della Duck thing that I had seen on YouTube. So that was my <laughs> main main goal when watching it. So that may have had something to do with it. Mm. I also have watched exactly one episode of the Love of Lovecraft Country. I've heard that's pretty good. It's a great first episode. I haven't watched episode two yet. I'm very late to this Lovecraft Country game, but like that first episode comes out fucking swinging. Uh, It's like very fucking normal for like the vast majority of it uh, deriving uh, all of its oppressive horror from its 60s. And these characters are black in America. Um and right at the end, it's like, also, there are monsters. There are real monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, oh, shit. Oh, God. So yeah. that was fun. I'll probably actually watch another episode tonight when we get done. Yeah, I've heard really uh, good things about that from uh, one of my friends who is uh, very deeply uh, into philosophy of all things. Mm-hmm. And he said that there's a lot of good stuff just in the series in general from a philosophical perspective. So yeah, I, I was kind of reading the episode synopsis and it looks like it gets fucking wild mm-hmm. and it's good. Like good, frankly, like, uh, I mean, it's, it's Jordan Peele who is the executive producer. So he's not afraid to get weird. Yeah. Uh, and has a good understanding of the things that he's doing with this. So I, I, you know, I expect the series to be good. Yeah. Uh, I also might eventually, I might this week sit down and, finish watching the watchmen 
I watched about half of it, and then my source for getting it at the time dried up. Mm. So, uh, but I hear it. It's I mean, it's the episodes I watched were good, and they felt very much like The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the soundtrack fucking slaps. Yeah, because uh, it's like the the main composer for the the series is Trent Reznor. Wait, and what? He nails it. Yeah. And he's like in full Trent Reznor mode. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's what I've been been watching. I've heard both of those shows are uh, really good and don't pull any punches when it comes to like racial politics either, which is good. No, yeah, like, I mean, like by comparison, Watchmen opens up with explaining to you what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Uh, Lovecraft Country opens up with explaining to you, the predominantly white audience watching this, what a fucking sundown town is. Oof. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, sweet, good. Oof. Um, love how terrible America is, was, hey. is, continues to be. Love making white audiences confront their whiteness and be uncomfortable yeah, about it. Yeah, shitty history. Yeah. Mm. By the way, I need some kind of I need some kind of sh- uh, sci-fi show based on a property that I love to come out and explain redlining, <laughs> and we'll get the trifecta of shit white people don't know about. Yeah. Or are you gonna say sorry? I was just going to have an aside for our listeners. By the way, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, if you haven't, if you've gotten if you've gotten this far and somehow haven't figured out that uh, that we support black lives matter and fucking hate cops i don't know what you've been doing (laughs) yeah anyway yep uh you want to get into our episodes for this week yeah let's do it the lore is fucking here this week y'all we are (laughs) watching episodes 25 26 and 27 mirror gym ocean gym and house guest um Let's get into episode the first episode for today, Mirror Jim. Uh, the official synopsis is Stephen befriends a magical mirror that can mysteriously communicate him through recordings of what it has seen. I don't know what happened, but our our ability to dunk on the synopsis is, is, is dwindling quickly. Yeah, like that was a really legit synopsis. Yeah, because obviously, like, I mean, I understand the synopsis doesn't want to give the game away. Um, so he can't, like, explain to you exactly what's happening. But, like, that's good. That's compelling. Like, I, I feel like they just switched to whoever the fuck was writing them before. And then finally somebody who gave a shit took over. Mm-hmm. Anyways. The episode begins with Steven talking to Connie on the phone. And she informs him that he, she can't come to hang out because uh, she has... Uh, tennis practice, uh, but her mom has told her that she can come over the next day uh, and hang out for as much as she wants because they're going on summer vacation. Steven's confused by the idea of school uh, since he's never been to one. Uh, and Connie sort of explains to him like what a school is and Steven taking the component parts of a school, like a desk and a chalkboard and maps and an anatomy figurine, uh, constructs a school uh, along with Pearl. Uh, Pearl's like, what do we do with all this stuff? And Steven's like, I got no fucking clue. I just wanted to learn things. And Pearl's like, oh my god, you wanted to learn? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> uh, so she uh, summons a mirror from her head. 
Um, it is a gym-powered mirror that uh, basically can uh, sh repeat back anything that it's seen. Uh, basically, it's kind of like a repository for knowledge that is recallable. It's a gym Wikipedia, I guess. Um, she found it at the Galaxy Warp. Um, she begins to talk to it, asking it to show anything, show the Galaxy Warp, uh, but the gym does not. Uh, there's an obvious crack across the back of the mirror, and Pearl is sort of forlorn, saying that it must finally be broken. Uh, she gives it to Steven, who is very enamored because he likes looking at himself. <laughs> uh, and she's like, well, I guess we're done for today. And he's like, is school out for summer? And Pearl's like, yeah, I guess fucking whatever, nerd, get out of here. Uh, so Steven runs down to, uh, Beach City because he's very excited because now he's on summer break, I guess. Uh, Steven bumps into Lars and Sadie who are setting up extra tables for... <clears throat> Uh, for the coming summer rush, it's summer is approaching, and uh, Lars talks about how many uh, hot chicks I guess he's going to hook up with over the summer, and Sadie's like, yeah, well, I might meet people too, you fuck. Uh, uh, and Steven heads on down the, the boardwalk, where he is uh, almost ran over by Mayor Dewey and the Mayor Dewey van, uh, but the mirror suddenly warns him. Uh, playing a replay of the scene with Lars. Uh, Steven begins talking to the mirror, and the mirror begins kind of repeating back scenes that it's seen throughout the day. Uh, they go to a rally by Mayor Dewey, where Mayor Dewey talks about lots of wind things, and Steven and the mirror make fart noises at it. It's very endearing, I promise. Um, later on, Steven's just hanging out with the mirror on the beach, and the mirror's able to splice together new little clips out of context to be able to to better communicate with Steven. It's kind of like Bumblebee from the Transformers movies, but, like, better. It Really, it's a lot better than that. Uh, Steven's like, you've got to go meet the gems. The, the mirror is very reluctant to go meet the gems, but Steven goes anyways. He's like, guys, I got the mirror to work, and they're like, holy shit! Um, and... Uh, he's like, you didn't tell me that it was a person, and all the gems immediately look horrified. Mm -hmm. He's like, talk to it, Mirror. Mirror doesn't want to. He's like, talk to it. Guy, you're making me look bad. So he turns around, he starts talking to the mirror, uh, and the mirror finally starts talking back to Steven. The gems are getting noticeably more uncomfortable, and Garnet finally comes up to Steven and is like, give me the mirror. And he's like, no. Uh, he's, she's like, give me the mirror, Steven. And the mirror starts screaming, no. Steven becomes very, very... Uh, God, Craig died, I think. Uh, Steven becomes uh, more and more agitated as Garnet is becoming more and more aggressive. Finally, she reaches for the mirror and Steven slaps her hand away, knocking her glasses off, revealing three very angry eyes at Steven. Steven just runs away onto the beach. Uh, the gems give chase. Steven begins talking to the mirror. He's like, I, need to, I know you need help. Let me help you. Um, and finally the mirror through great effort shows him an image of him pulling the gym out of the back of the mirror, which Steven does. Um, when he does, the mirror shatters and the gym forms into <laughs> lapis fucking lazuli, y'all. She's here. Everybody's <laughs> sad girlfriend is here. Um, she appears, uh, begins immediately coming into conflict with the crystal gems, fighting Garnet, uh, manipulating the water, uh, very power, like, she's right out the gate, powerful as fuck, um, see, almost single-handedly taking down Garnet, uh, and the other crystal gems, 
Uh, she's tells Stephen that he needs to come with her, and he's like, no, this is but kind of stammers and is confused about the whole situation as to why everybody is fighting. Uh, and then finally, Lapis sort of like walks off into the ocean, um, leaving the crystal gems and Steven all standing there on the beach. Uh, and then Garnet promptly informs Steven that he's grounded. Star wipe at the end. The fucking lore is here. It has arrived this week. Yeah. <laughs> In a big fucking way, too. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, this episode was a lot. It is. I I have this note uh, for these two episodes, but holy shit. Does it do you like I know I've said this a number of times about the show before, but I don't understand how they do such a good job of pacing and not making this feel like it feels pacing wise like it's a like a 20 minute episode and it's only 11 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it never really feels rushed or anything. But they're getting a whole lot of shit in. Yeah. Like, this is a mid-90s WCW cruiserweight opener. Like, that's what these every episode of Steven Universe is. <laughs> we have a short amount of time to get our shit in. We need to make it look as good as possible. Yeah. Um, first note, that face that Steven is making is a fucking 2020 mood when he's, like, hanging upside down on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Um... But also, Stephen has to, like, this scene is a little confusing, uh, because Stephen has to know what school is, right? He watches a ton of television and movies, so he has to at least be familiar with, like, the tropes of what school is. Yeah, I think, I think this is mostly just something that happened to set up, not necessarily a plot point, but just character establishment. Um, and this happened another, uh, I think that in, uh, house guest, there's some stuff that also happens that isn't about like what the character actually would do or know, and is more about establishing plot points. And like the show doesn't do this that often, which is why mm -hmm. it sticks out so badly when it does happen. That's I think. true. Yeah, because, like, I feel like they start with the idea of, like, okay, so Lapis is trapped inside of a inside of this mirror gem thing. How do we get Steven to it? Yeah, exactly. And, like, this is also just to establish that, like, Steven's childhood is incredibly abnormal in that, you know, he doesn't go to school. He doesn't have much interaction with other humanoid children his age right because like he also talks to so i you know what i would believe that pd is homeschooled or some shit too though mm -hmm. like because like pd and onion are the only two kids steven's age <clears throat> that we see around for the most part yeah um i you know there's probably not a lot of people who like live in beach city proper i would imagine like like the vast majority of the population probably like commutes in or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, from like ocean town or some shit, but <laughs> or, or some kind of suburbs, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. uh, cause we never see like a little, we literally to my knowledge out in six seasons of the show, we never see an actual schoolhouse anywhere in beach city. Yeah. So, 
So maybe he doesn't have a firm concept of like the because I was like, well, he talks to Petey a lot because he's got a good relationship with Petey. Um, not like they're not best friends, but like they know each other and they've talked probably a, a great number of times, you know? Yeah. Um, well, like he said, he watches a bunch of TV. So like he should be familiar with the concept of school. Right. Like. You can't tell me that this kid doesn't like sneak and watch uh fucking Riverdale. Yeah. Or or he's watching some fucking slice of life fucking uh high school anime. Yeah. Like no, no sir. No sir. Sorry, a little bit is trying to rub up on my mixer. Oh, gonna twist them knobs. No, DJ Little Bits in the I house. Have, I have them where I want them. Um, but yeah, like he's definitely seen some fucking slice of life anime. Like this kid has definitely watched Sailor Moon. He should know what school is. I have a, I have, a, I have a, a note about that uh, later on. But we actually get. Did you catch? There's a Sailor Moon manga on Steven's uh, fucking nightstand. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's very good. So good. Anyways, that's way later. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Like, so it just, it, it's one of those things where this is a weird inconsistency. Like that, they, like you said, they don't, they don't rely on this very often. So it sticks yeah. out a whole lot more. But also, some you sometimes you just got to do shit to make the plot happen. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is, which is fair. Um, I love th- that's Pearl that helps Steven put the school together, not only because she's the one who would most likely be a teacher or whatever, but like Pearl is the most mom. And this feels like a yeah. kid doing something with their mom, like being going to their mom and being like, mom, I've got to do this thing. And, and the mom being like, all right, fine, whatever. We're doing this thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. very, it's very sweet. It's very cute. Um, I deeply enjoyed, like, Pearl's enthusiasm when she thought that Steven wanted to learn more about, like, gym history and stuff. Uh, I thought that was also really cute. Um, and, yeah, we're going to actually get, us, it, it's nice because this does set up, because next time we record, we're going to be watching Space Race. And mm-hmm. I feel like this helps set up. In retrospect, I feel like this helps really set up Pearl's vibe in that episode. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Also, yeah. like, when she brought out the mirror, like, the way that the uh, reflection in the mirror was animated was fucking gorgeous. Like, that scene looked so good. Show looks so good. Well, I mean... There are obviously places where the animation budget is completely skimped on, but mm-hmm. when they have a big ticket sequence, it looks so good. Yeah, because I was kind of, I don't, I, I have stopped talking about like the art getting kind of weird. Uh, mm-hmm. But Lord, there are some weird shots in House Guest. Uh, yeah. Steven's hands get uncomfortably long. 
<laughs> just saying like in that episode but but like you like you said like when they've got keen like i mean it's because these two episodes happen and then episode 27 happened they're like well all the money's fucking gone <laughs> yeah (laughs) i know where they put the fucking money and it was in these two fucking episodes yeah because like these two episodes are fucking gorgeous Mm -hmm. and they do such good camera there's such good camera shots coming up too um i have a note here you sure are important buddy when he talks about i must be very important to gym history (laughs) (laughs) like oh shit (laughs) so fucking true my dude (laughs) Somebody's been reading the title card. I know, right? Somebody somebody watched ahead. Um, uh, all right, so let's get to the part. Let's, all right, listeners, settle in because we've got 30 minutes of talking about Lars. Yeah. Well, I wrote okay. down level 100 scumbag Lars. <laughs> See, my note mm-hmm. is four words. Lars, why? Why, <laughs> Lars? Like... Okay, I enjoy the way that Lars portrays, like, shitty, toxic masculinity. And, like, the show does not particularly... Okay, the show treats him very compassionately, but his behavior is obviously framed as not good. Right, like, they take the piss out of everything he says every time he does shit like this. Yes, Exactly. And I do appreciate that, but also just like on a personal level, it's just like, oh my God, I dated a dude like Lars. This is so bad. (laughs) Uh, He is so shitty. It's glorious. This whole interaction is fucking great where he's like, they're without their boyfriends. You know what that means, Steven? Steven like, no. Yeah. It's um, so good. Sadie just like laughing at him the whole time because she knows he's a fucking goober. Yeah. Uh, oh, I my love notes Sadie. here. <laughs> so to the audience, I was drinking a little bit when I was watching uh, the episodes and taking notes. Uh, so when this scene happened and and Sadie was like, "Well, maybe I'll meet somebody," I immediately paused the episode and then wrote this. And imagine this in Sadie's voice. Well, maybe I'll meet somebody, Lars, and they'll be hot as fuck. What do you think about that, Lars? Huh? Maybe I'll fuck them and text you later, you fucking cuck. Like, <laughs> like I just was like, mm, I should uh, not write these notes when I'm drinking. No. Uh, so. But yeah, that that that's definitely that that was just such a great little scene between those those two yeah yeah and i think it's interesting because it tells us you know it uses lars to again emphasize that this behavior is shitty it gives us some you know like mooring in time um and like it also is good for you know continuing to articulate what sadie's and lars's relationship is like right Because, like, Um, obviously they're, like, from the joking victim moving forward, they obviously didn't start dating after that. Because otherwise, Lars would be a level 200 scumbag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they just kind of continued being, air quotes, friends. Mm. Um, they do 
such a good uh, job setting up the mirror, like, like really disarming you about the mirror and not letting making you think that it's creepy or weird at all until it is until it's super yeah. duper is. <laughs> yeah, but even when it does become creepy and weird, it's not because of the way that it would normally be creepy and weird. Like, you know, I'm thinking because I've had Shrieking Shack on the brain lately. I'm thinking about like the whole way that um, Tom Riddle's journal is presented and uh, Mr. Weasley being like, don't trust anything that you can't see where it puts its brain, that kind of thing. Yeah. And this has a completely different vibe where it's like, it's creepy because we don't know that that's a person not because it's like, oh, it's this thing that is, like, talking or trying to befriend Steven or whatever. Like, that's not the problem here. Yo, and it also, I just realized, like, they do so such a good idea of disarming you about the mirror to begin with. Because we're just coming off of Monster Buddies. Where it taught mm-hmm. us, like, hey, all these monsters, they're not so bad. You can trust them. They can be your friend. There's nothing yeah. bad here. Nothing scary about this thing. It's nice to Steven because Steven's nice. Why wouldn't it be nice to Steven? Yeah. Nothing bad's going on. (laughs) Why are you hiding an axe behind your back, Rebecca? No (laughs) reason. Calm down. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, the, the horror there is more about, in my mind, the gems's reaction to this right like they when that all starts i mean it gets a little weird when they do all the laughs like the repeated mm-hmm. laughter i was like oh that's a little creepy uh, yeah. and then all the no's those was also creepy but like immediately when the gems i don't know if you noticed it like um when the gems uh start getting worried about the mirror like when it's like shot, uh, shot reverse shot kind of dealio mm-hmm. between Steven and the gym. So it goes to Steven shot, then reverse shot to the gems. But the reverse shot of the gems is framed in a slight Dutch angle. Yes, I did notice uh, that. I'm like, hell yeah. Camera direction. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, yeah. It just really sets up like and building the thing because you don't know why the gems are so scared of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's some big fucking deal because, they, like, particularly Garnet and Pearl are, like, petrified of this thing. Yeah. And, like, that kind of... Okay, so we skipped one of my notes, but oh, it was sorry. just a bullshit... No, it was just a bullshit note about, like, uh, Pearl stacking all of the stuff and having to have it be symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a little frustrating to me just because I feel like the kind of implication, oh, Pearl's like cartoonishly OCD, haha. Um, that felt a little mean spirited, uh, just because like OCD gets thrown around a lot, uh, in a very dismissive manner. That's fair. But um also I was very sad about MC Bear Bear. It's okay, he gets but, repaired. But uh Pearl's reaction specifically to Steven saying, you didn't tell me it was like a person is very telling to me. Like that whole. 
it really casts the gems in general and Pearl in particular in a very not good light, which, you know, you were talking about like the the shots at the Dutch angle kind of reinforces that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, it's just very good. Uh, yeah, it's it's really it's very, very solid. And I, I think you're right about the like kind of. I guess it's one of those things where it's like that is the kind of shit, though, like when it comes to like because like they dive into this shit about Pearl, like why she is the way that she is as mm-hmm. the as the series goes on. So I think I think it is maybe not the most deft joke. Um, and it's probably not the, it would not have been like the, the best approach, uh, though I do think they do a good job of unpacking Pearl and being pretty explicit, like Pearl is not like a neurotypical person, you know? Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that like, that's not being neurotypical is not like a thing the gyms are, (laughs) um, (laughs) so... Except for maybe Garnet, maybe. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like Garnet's just the best at coping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like there are ways that that could have been communicated better. Yes, that definitely. would not have resulted in me feeling icky about it. Yeah, because they do such a good job with everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is like a, a, a weird slip up for them and one that considering all the other stuff that they've done, you would think that they would have been able to see. Yeah. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. See if it pops up again. I don't remember anything else. I mean, we definitely like Pearl is shown as being like sort of the tidy one and a little bit neurotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... That's also that's just kind of been Pearl from like episode one. So, yeah. Um, OK, uh, I guess that we're going to move on to like Steven removing the gem, right? Mm hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure the gem. Th- this feels like a full metal alchemist reference, like the 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 geometric designs. Does that not look like a fucking alchemy circle or what? It it does. Yeah. Um. It also looks vaguely um, Cardcaptor Sakura-ish. You know what? Um, I think you might be more on the nose. Because isn't there a lot of like weird mirror imagery in that show as well? Uh, there's some some mirror imagery. There's a lot of like pseudo-alchemical stuff. Um, it's, it's clamp. Mm. But Fair. I immediately go to... Uh, Card Captor Sakura over Full Metal Alchemist because of the shoujo aesthetic that's, of Steven Universe. That is true. That's probably you're probably right on that poll. I am not as familiar with Card Captor Sakura because, like, my, honestly, I've never watched the, the actual Japanese one. I've only watched the terrible four kids show. Uh, oh God, that was horrible. It was bad. Um, but I did watch it. <laughs> Uh, so, but it's not as ingrained in my brain as, say, like, Full Metal Alchemist is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lapis is here. Hell yeah. Fuck, it was so good. Ugh. It's, it's very good. 
I, God, this episode does a lot to make the audience realize that the crystal gems are a not telling Steven and by extension, the audience, everything that they know and B that they might not necessarily be 100% trustworthy. Right. They do a lot of work to make the crystal gems seem like maybe they are the bad guys. Yeah. Because like the complete non-reaction to the mirror having been Lapis and not only that, but Lapis, her gem being cracked, like that says so much. Well, I want to go into that because like on one hand, they, they, I don't, I re relitigating this a little bit, like watching it again, like the gems don't show up and go like, they're not, there's no beat between them showing up and Lapis immediately attacking them. So they don't really get a chance to rec- like to go through a, a sense of recognition that this gym or the mirror was in fact a person. You know what I mean? Because like the way that they react with the gym, because I, I think there are bits of gym technology that have gems in them and are not like sapient. Mm-hmm. Um, like the 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 crystal heart of the temple. I don't think the temple can think and feel, but that's definitely a gem at the heart of the temple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I, th- I think part of it was them maybe not realizing that like there was an actual lapis lazuli inside of the mirror doing the thing. And I don't, cause they never really got a chance to like react to it being lapis because she immediately just goes you sons of bitches which is fair like i'm not saying lapis was in the wrong here uh (laughs) yeah uh but she immediately goes like there's no beat between lapis coming out the gym showing up and then lapis immediately like punching them with a big water hand yeah because like my next note is like okay we got let's uh let's talk about this uh do the gems know what what's up with the mirror shit um yeah, well, you talking about, like, the the crystal heart of the temple and stuff does kind of make me think it's, like, what determines a gem's level of sapience here? Because it's, like, we know that the monsters are all corrupted gems that do not seem to have, like, a certain threshold of sentience or sapience because I always get those two words mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, there's the, the like the crystal heart of the temple. There's um, the desert glass, yeah. which appear to be gems themselves. But why are those gems different from the gems that power like amethyst, pearl, garnet, lapis? All of the monsters. Like, yeah. well, also the the spinny gem, the spinny temple gem. Uh, the one where it was like the teacup ride, uh, building. Oh, Cause yeah. I initially, I, I feel like, I think at the time I was talking about how like, oh, I think that's a, you know, corrupted gym or I litigated that like the, you know, the desert glass is a gym. And I think they are gyms. They bubbled them the same way and they dissipated the same way when they were, de- you know, defeated or what have you or bubbled or what, you know, whatnot. But I also like going back and thinking about it, it's like. Well, those weren't 
that's not like what we see when we see a corrupted gym they definitely take on an animalistic form they're not mm-hmm. conceptual you know what i mean like they're definitely this is a centipedal this is a puffer fish you know mm-hmm. uh they're not i am sand <laughs> Yeah. So I'm thinking that maybe like some of the gems are just or like the red eye for that matter matter that we saw like in episode two, like that had a gem in it, but I don't think was a like a person, you know, that seemed mm-hmm. like a drone. So I don't know. I feel like there's a level of technology that like this is gem powered technology. And then over here, like these are gems and they're maybe kind of they're they're splitting off from the same tree because like gems are made mm-hmm. for specific purposes within society so it would make sense that like well we already have this technology that makes walking talking gems we'll just bump it down and we'll like we can probably take all that cpu power that makes them think and turn it into like being a weird spinning building for some reason mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. So. So I don't like because like it feels very because I mean the gems do bubble and capture the corrupted gems right mm-hmm. but it feels very and and like against like the ideas that the gems themselves has have expounded and are we are shown that they they believe in greatly of like. Just keeping a living, feeling, thinking thing trapped inside of a fucking Wikipedia box. So I have yeah. my doubts that they realized that Lapis was actually in there. But that's just me. That's fair. Um, let's see. I wrote Jesus the Art. I don't know why, but probably for this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I know what it was. It was like when the the ocean is being like drawn up towards Steven as he's pulling the gym out of the fucking mirror because that was such a great fucking scene. Uh, the anime was right there. The power of God in anime was in that exact scene. Yeah. Um. And I also wrote down that they set up. They they do a very good job of setting up a mystery here. Yeah. It's very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We had some episodes here, right? Everyone's just talking about Greg and chat. Uh, here we go. Elijah. Elijah had some thoughts on Mirror Gem. I feel like we've gone through. All right. I feel like we litigated that Mirror Gem, that initial Mirror Gem question from Elijah, which was like, Stephen just doesn't go to school. We are also very confused about this, Elijah. Um, yes. Oh, does this mean that the desert glass is also a gem? I think we just litigated that as well. <laughs> yep. Uh, other question. Steven is very chill about the gems destroying his stuff, I guess, in reference to MC Bear Bear. He lives with amethysts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like shit just gets destroyed around the house pretty regularly, just from, like, gem roughhousing and also monster attacks. Uh, also, I, I don't think the gems are trying to be intentionally mean about his stuff. I just feel like they have probably a more, a less, um, less sentimental idea about when it comes to, like, physical objects, you know what I mean? Um, 
Also, if you want to ask us questions about episodes that I will uh, I will forget about and then read after the fact, after we answered them all accidentally, uh, you too can join our Discord. The link is down in the doobly-doo. We have a really good community over there, not just about what we do, but about quite a number of our podcasts. Um, and... Uh, also just everything we have a good, we have good conversations. It's a good, it's a good place. Come hang out. It's a real good place. Uh, okay. Uh, sorry. I didn't mean to rant at you about like my ideas about what gyms are like, what gyms are and are not people. I just was thinking about this quite a lot today. No, that's fair. Um, all right. Anything else about ocean gym or mirror gym? Should we move on to ocean gym? Um, my last note was, I think being grounded is the least of Steven's worries. Yeah, like, I love how that's almost an anti-joke at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, it, it kind of, like, reminds me of Connie being like, what am I gonna tell my parents? What am I gonna tell my optometrist? <laughs> um, uh... So, uh, I feel like now that we've, should, should we, should, so I have this idea for a segment every time we get a new gym introduced, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or I guess like a non-corrupted gym introduced, uh, we will rank them on the, the chart of wife ability. <laughs> okay. Since, since, since we've already, we've already more or less done that with Amethyst, Garnet, and Pearl. True. Uh, so should we do current form Lapis or should we wait till Lapis is at full strength to rank? I think we should wait until she's at full strength. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's move on to episode 26, Ocean Gym. The ocean disappears on the first day of summer and Beach City is in a panic. Uh, I feel like there could be more here. Yeah, I don't. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's an okay summary. Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's good. It does. I, so apparently, these episodes did air on the same day. I just kind of looked, just looked at that. So I guess that makes sense that you don't want to put the episode synopsis giving away the previous episode. Yeah. So, um, so the episode starts out with the gyms angrily telling Stephen that he is um, grounded for disobeying orders. Uh, Am- Amethyst, who is unfamiliar with the term of grounding, uh, is going to literally bury Stephen until he learns his lesson. Um, <laughs> uh, before the the gyms are able to take away his like privileges for like TV and shit, Greg arrives. Uh, he brings everyone outside where the ocean has straight up fucking disappeared. Everyone is standing uh, where the ocean used to be. Um, and uh, is very worried. Uh, Mayor Dewey, he's nervous. He's shouting loudly. He's got a fucking megaphone and immediately blames the Crystal Gems. He's like, hey, you magic ladies, what the fuck is this? Um, he cries, claiming that no one will want to come to Desert City. And Garnet tells him that Lapis Lazuli uh, was the one who took the ocean. Uh, and then uh, for plot reasons, Pearl explains what the current situation is with Lapis Lazuli. Um, still upset, uh, Mary Dewey uh, tries to tell um, Garnet to fix it. She like bats his fucking megaphone away. She's like, we're going to go try and fix figure this out or whatever. Uh, so they go back to the beach house uh, where Stephen prepares to go and find Lapis Lazuli. He acknowledges that this whole situation is that his fault and he doesn't want, um, 
he's going to go alone uh, and fix this uh, and basically fix all of his mistakes and uh, not wanting to go alone. Uh, Connie and Greg and Lion all volunteer to join him with the crystal gems saying, obviously, we're going to go and Garnet unground Stephen. Uh, as Stephen, the gems, Connie, Lion and Greg are leaving, uh, Mayor Dewey is very sad trying to refill the ocean. Uh, while driving, uh, Greg plays some of Rose's music or some of his music that Rose liked, uh, Garnet, um, nopes out and jumps out of the van and spends the rest of the trip riding the roof. Uh, we're shown a montage kind of showing that the trip is taking a really long time. Uh, riding Lion, Stephen kind of comes up to the side of the van where Pearl is driving because Greg and Amethyst are asleep and he's like, he laments, wondering why uh, Lapis is fighting them when they're both gems. And then Pearl tells him, well, we're always fighting gems. All of the corrupted gems are gems. Uh, things are bad, uh, basically. Um, Steven is taken aback by this information. Um, and uh is kind of like in his own head about it when finally they reach a giant tower of the ocean stretching up into the sky which is where the ocean went uh steven walks up trying to talk to lapis and she's like go away uh you shouldn't be here leave her alone steven responds that they're not leaving unless they get the ocean back uh lapis at this point makes water clones of steven and the gems uh and the gems begin to fight uh they battle it's sick as shit um, in the fight, uh, Greg's van gets flipped and he breaks his leg, which prompts Steven to sort of like start taking the situation seriously. Lapis attacks Steven, but he deflects the attack with Rose's shield, which sort of brings everything to a halt. Uh, Steven, uh, climbs or walks into the tower of water and Lapis brings him up to the top, uh, where they begin to talk. Um, Lapis sort of explains like, the crystal gems are not good people. They don't care about other gems. They only care about the earth. Uh, she says, I never believed in this place anyways. Uh, and Steven's like, listen, I understand that you want to go back home, but like, this is my home and you took my ocean. She's like, well, I was only taking the ocean. She's trying to stretch it back to the gym home world. Um, but unfortunately, there's not enough ocean for her to do that because her gym is cracked and she can't get there any other way herself uh steven says oh wait i can heal you <laughs> i have healing powers lapis is very taken aback by this uh but let steven heal her crack um where lapis's eyes go from being all creepy and shiny to like normal and she sprouts sick ass water wings um she thanks steven uh, they have a very very awkward exchange and then she flies off into space um uh, Steven's like, hell yeah. And then the tower starts to fall with Steven on top of it. Uh, the gyms are very upset about this for obvious reasons, but Connie and Lion take it upon themselves to save Steven. Uh, Lion teleporting Connie in and then catching Steven at the last minute. Um, they arrive back at Beach City uh, where everyone is so super happy that the, uh, the ocean is back. Greg's fucking van is like straight up fucking destroyed uh everybody is celebrating and then we get kind of like a pull away scene where uh pearl walks up to garnet saying so lapis made it off planet uh, what does this mean for us and garnet's like we're gonna have to wait and see um uh, steven says goodbye to lapis wherever she is 
and we star wipe on a glimmering star, the end. Oh boy, this episode was a lot. Lot of fucking a lot. There's just a lot. Uh, my first yeah. note is I think this recap is useful for TV, but clunky from a narrative standpoint. Yeah. Because, like, the episodes aired right after each other. I don't know who this is for. So, I get maybe that wasn't the original plan. Yeah. You have to build this like you're not going to get the schedule that you want. Uh, I get that, but weird. Very weird. I mean, it's for a younger audience, too. So, like, if this had aired one week after the previous episode, like... It's good to remind kids, like, it's a good memory jogging thing. It's fine. I guess I'll let it go. I just thought it was very clunky. Um, yeah. Uh, I love Garnet just being like, Mayor Dewey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I'll break you, little man. Um, I enjoyed Mayor Dewey being like, hey, it's those magic ladies. Um, because it's like, up until this point, we hadn't really received any indication that the townies particularly know that something weird is up with the gems. Like, even when they're fighting, like, gem stuff on the boardwalk, uh, Mr. Smiley is more focused on, like, Steven and Steven fixing uh, or cleaning up the arcade with no real paying the gems any mind and so having this uh sort of uh confirmation that yes everybody does admit that the gems are magic mm -hmm. like i mean even with the with the the pizzas and the beach party it's just like you know it's not particularly commented on nobody says anything about the fact that you know amethyst is a giant fucking ball volleyball right in like I guess for reinforce that, like, Connie is the only person who ever seems, like, totally taken aback by the gyms acting super weird. Because she's be not fair, though, here. Connie's, yeah. yeah, Connie's not a full-time uh, resident, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked, I liked Garnet being like, yeah, we'll get it back, or whatever, fuck it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um... The, I feel like I feel like the internet is is really slipping on their game of like Garnet smacking a megaphone away from Mayor Dewey not being some kind of like go to gif reply to like men shouting on the internet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> get on that. It's a missed internet. opportunity. Um, I wrote here, and my next note was Stephen. Everything is my fault, and I have to fix everything. Universe. <laughs> Yeah. Poor kid. <laughs> no one, every, somebody just needs to tell him, like, hey, man, it's not your fault. It's okay, dude. Like, dude, yeah. it's okay. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think in some respects, like, this might honestly go back to the fact that Stephen has been told and has internalized the fact that he is effectively at fault for Rose's quote-unquote death. Right. He feels like he is the problem because he has caused this, this thing that has rippled out and caused so many other problems. Yeah, Air quotes exactly. caused these problems. Obviously, this shit would have happened whether Rose was here or not. It doesn't matter. 
Um, yeah. But he has unfairly internalized that he's the reason Rose isn't here and he's constantly being reminded of the things that Rose could and couldn't do and he just doesn't stack up to his mother's memory right. in his eyes. Right, right. Um, uh, I like when they're all getting to go. Connie is like super relatable of being like, it's kind of weird to be in your house when you're not here. Yeah. <laughs> that's you. Be- that's being at any one of your friend's house when they're not there. It's just super fucking weird. Yes. Um, Mayor Dewey uh, crying while filling an empty ocean with a, 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 a water hose. Also a 2020 mood. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, although, like, when he's like, nobody wants to come to Desert City, I'm just sitting here wondering what, like, Steven Universe Las Vegas is like. I think we see it at one point. Huh. Yeah, there's, like, a big kind of flying montage, and I think we see whatever the equivalent to either Las Vegas or Atlantic City, one of those two things. <laughs> nice. Um, Let's see. Uh... Oh, uh, Garnet jumping out of the van instead of listening to somebody's demo gave me, like, visceral fucking flashbacks to being in a band. (laughs) (laughs) Of, like, listening to so many people's shitty fucking music because either I'm trying to book them for a gig or they want to get booked for a gig. uh, Or I'm trying to vet them for a gig because I don't want to play in a show with, like, pieces of shit. Like, it's just, like, very, uh, very, very visceral flashback. Yeah, just, God, everything about that was fucking gold. It's true. Like, because, like, the music honestly isn't that bad. It's just, like, some, like, jangly guitar bullshit, right? With, like, it's, like, so bad. Like, it's weird because, like, I went back and listened to it a couple of times because it's, like, it's, like, punk rock, like, three chords in a dream style punk rock, but with, like, Greg's, like, ridiculous noodling on top of it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fun. Uh, my next note is in reference to like Connie and Steven writing lion together and Connie being like asleep, holding on to Steven. I'll wrote cute with, uh, eight exclamation points. Yeah, it's adorable. They're so cute. Continue to be the cutest little kids. Um... And then I guess we get to the, the the interesting part, like where Pearl starts explaining the the conceit of the the series from this point forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it has such an interesting vibe of like a parent trying to explain something inherently bad about the world that their kid is only just now coming to realize. Yeah, like like this is not Pearl being like, and we must do this thing. It's like, well, this is just kind of the reality buddy like it sucks we don't have any other way of dealing with it and you know we're gonna have to deal with this like that's just how it is Mm -hmm. you know uh yeah it it had really solid like parental vibes like that and i mean it, it of course it came from pearl too like the most the most mom mom uh of course like she's the only one who's ever gonna tell steven the truth you know cause like Guard it for being as, like, cool, calm, and collected. Wouldn't tell Steven this. 
Like she would tell Stephen no. something different or try and sugarcoat it. And like same with Amethyst. Amethyst would feel uncomfortable trying to break bad news to Stephen. And it relies yeah. on Pearl, the only like the probably the straightest shooter of of the three gems when it comes to like talking with with Stephen about life in general. Yeah, although like. I don't know. In some ways, it felt like she was a little glib about it. And I I don't know. I think this may be another instance of that was done to serve eliciting a particular response from the audience as opposed mm-hmm. to something that necessarily Pearl would have been like otherwise. Because, like, the delivery of it is really meant to, like, slap the audience in the face, but... Well, uh, going forward, Pearl is usually the one who expands the the hard information to Steven. Like, um, mm-hmm. like, basically anytime we get, like, a big reveal and somebody has to, like, real talk Steven, it's usually Pearl. Mm-hmm. So... I guess that's why it didn't strike me as weird because I'm so used to Pearl just doing that. Uh, but this, well, you know. I mean, I'm not saying that it's weird that she told Stephen these things. It's just like the delivery seemed a little bit off to me. Um, How do you mean? I don't know. It. I'm trying to figure out how to word it. It just felt like. Like I said, she she seemed very glib about it, like it wasn't necessarily as big a deal as we, the audience, were meant to take it. Although, like, that could also be just, like, Pearl has lived with these facts for so long, she just takes them for granted. I feel like I, I kind of had a different vibe, like she is trying to explain a very, I mean, I guess because I've also had to, like, watch uh parents explain hard and difficult concepts to their kid uh Mm -hmm. because it has a lot of that same tone of like it's calm it's very like direct and to the point of trying to explain a complicated uh because like even after pearls explains it it's obvious that the situation is far more fucking complicated than she's letting it on to be so she doesn't even give even here where she's given steven the real talk she doesn't even give him all of the fucking information um mm-hmm. but like trying to parse out as you feel like they need it like the, these difficult concepts of like the world and dealing with the world like it felt not necessarily glib but like i'm trying to stay calm so i don't upset this person who's upset you know what i mean okay i can see that yeah. Uh, though, I mean, it could also, I feel like it's also buffered by what you said of like, this is also just the reality that Pearl's been living with for like, what, 2000 fucking years or some shit. Yeah. So it's probably, but they obviously, they knew, they didn't tell Steven this information for a reason up until this point. Right. And they would have maybe, unless this happened, they would have never told Steven that they were fighting other gems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, or, you know, maybe when he was much older or something like that. But, like, it's very indicative of how they feel about Stephen that they just never told him this very important thing about the thing that they do. Um, The water tower is dope. 
Holy yes. shit. <laughs> the art. We're about to see the entire budget just get blown in the next five minutes of this yeah. show. Yeah. I wrote down a bunch of stuff about how beautiful the art is from here going forward. Um, It's God. It's gorgeous. Like, honestly, uh, this is just kind of like a local thing. Um, But the way that you could view the ocean life in the uh, in the water tower just makes me wish it were safe to go back to the Georgia Aquarium because they have this huge, uh, huge tank with a whole bunch of shit in it and a gigantic viewing area. Uh, oh, nice. That's just gorgeous, and I love it. Have you been the one up here? Uh, Ripley's, yes. Yeah. Um, I went on my birthday right before a uh, lockdown happened. Oh, so, nice. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. I enjoyed uh, it greatly. It's very different from the Georgia Aquarium, but um, like it has way more touch pools, which are A+. Plus. Yeah. For shoresies. Um they start planting hard these the, the seeds of the idea that like maybe the crystal chimps are the bad guys <laughs> or that the situation, I think maybe not necessarily that they're the bad guys, but shit is way more complicated than anyone is letting on. I also wrote here every and every shonen anime has arrived all at once and in full force. Yes. Yes, it has. Uh, the fucking again, like talking about like they're taking, I mean, this is a Western show that takes its cues from anime, not an art style or like cribbing even storytelling tropes, but like knows when to steal the right shit, frankly, because mm-hmm. this fight scene is so good uh, against like the, the mirror doubles like it it's impactful. Uh, it has a sense of place It trap like, you know where everybody is in relation to everything. Things don't come out of nowhere. It all makes sense. It's such a good fucking fight scene. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, gosh. And I, I really love the conceit of, like, everybody's fighting their own uh, doubles uh, and the way in which, like, their doubles counter themselves. Uh, it's just... Very good. The whole fight sequence is so good. Right. Uh, oh, I wrote here. Um, uh, wrote here. Let's set aside some time so August can talk about the purple puma showing back up. <laughs> yeah, I was just very happy to see the purple puma. Um, I enjoyed like the way that that kind of represented a break from Amethyst's normal fighting style. Um, If this were a different show or um, a different anime, then uh, this would have been the thing that would have allowed Amethyst to defeat her double because, like, Amethyst fighting Amethyst, they're evenly matched, but the Purple Puma's different and has a different fighting style, and uh, the Water Clone doesn't know how to counter it because it wasn't part of what Lapis studied, um, I don't know. I thought it was a nice touch. Uh, yeah, I enjoy seeing Amethyst do Amethyst things. Uh, I love the purple Puma. I I had an interesting, like what I saw, I thought it was an interesting idea. Like Amethyst is getting her ass kicked by this version of herself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she 
goes for the purple puma, especially like in combat, because like she feels more I like I've taken it as like she feels more confident. She's more comfortable uh, and she like feel like she's more uh, confident in herself when she's like in that persona. Mm hmm. So it was well, like it's also like um, you saw a lot of the stuff that she was doing beforehand involved like kind of trying to keep her distance. But yeah. when she shifts into purple puma, um, the purple puma is a melee fighter. Right. Right. She's like she, she flips her entire script to, to like, you know what? Fuck this. Actually, the only crystal gem who has a different way of fighting than the one that they're normally used to. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So happy to see Purple Puma. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, I can't man, believe. Lapis is just going to murder some children, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, do you I... think, do you think that she actually wanted to murder these children or that she doesn't understand how human beings work? I think that. I mean, or a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, it's one of those things where she talks about having never really cared about Earth anyway, or never really wanted wanting to be here. So it's like she understands that there are other things that are not gems on Earth. Whether or not she was particularly interested in the working of of those things remains to be seen. But ultimately, like, she is not, I don't want to say she's not herself exactly, mm-hmm. but, like, we saw how radically Amethyst Jim being cracked altered how she acted and the way that she interacted with the world. And so, like, if she hadn't been cracked while this were going on, I don't think that she would have necessarily tried to murder children, especially not Steven. Right. I don't, I think also she doesn't, she probably doesn't realize that Steven has to breathe. Yeah. Uh, because Steven says he's a crystal gem. He has a gem. He's a gem. Yes. (laughs) You know, um, and also, like, I think you have, a, like, a very good point there. Like, she just got out of being imprisoned. She's injured. Uh, and she's just desperately trying to get away. And they're just things in her way of escaping. Yes. Uh, so, I don't know. Lapis is pretty casual about murder. Uh, so, <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I don't think that it's necessarily, like, she intended to kill these children. I think she was just doing stuff almost on autopilot in some respects because yeah. i don't so, think she's i don't think she's conscious she's like standing at the top of that tower moving those things consciously anyway they're just mm-hmm. like they're a you know a redundant part of her brain just doing the thing yeah although uh we actually i think um yeah um some- elijah uh said less a question and more a comment uh lapis manipulating the water clones to be as good as or better than the crystal gems is scary like she's definitely the strongest gem we've seen and she did that while damaged um which yeah that's definitely worth pointing out 
Yeah, this is the mid-season of the anime. Like, this is the part in Bleach where, like, one of the fucking uh, assholes from the Soul Society shows up and just, like, beats Ichigo into the fucking ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we're playing on a whole different level. Like, these people are on a whole different fucking universe than what our our people are into. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, very, we learn very far into the future. Like when I say the future, I mean, Steven universe future, like what Lapis does. So like gyms have roles in gym society, uh, which will become kind of a point, a sticking point, especially when we get to like, uh, Pearl, uh, but Lapis Lazulis, uh, mm-hmm. are used for terraforming planets. Okay. You deploy, like, a Lapis Lazuli to terraform a planet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, that's why she can manipulate water. That does raise raise some interesting questions, because, like, if the gems are just, like, hard light projections, why do they need the planet to be terraformed? But... Uh, That is... We will figure... We will find that out, I think, in season two. Okay. Uh, but not for good things. Not they don't terraform planets just to habitate them. Okay. So, so I guess I'll leave it at that. Um. But yeah, the uh, also, it's very interesting. I feel like it's very interesting. Lapis being like, I never believed in this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she likes kind of her doing her her kind of end monologue there because the because this was supposed to be a colony under Pink Diamond, mm-hmm. uh, so like Lapis was sent here under that idea, so that means she was not confident in Pink Diamond's colony from the jump. Yeah, like because it's obvious that Lapis does not give a fuck about the Crystal Gems and their ideology. Yeah, like, I just get heavy, like, I didn't even want to be here in the first place, like, you know, it was, it was just a job, it was supposed to be my last job, Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of vibe. Yeah, for real. Uh, But I do want to skip back just a second before we get too off the rails, because has it really taken Greg this long to ask what the fuck the gems are doing on their magical missions with Steven? Well, I think he has a vague idea, but I don't think he realizes how how fucking intense. Awful it, yeah, because I'm like, these are valid concerns, Greg. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, Greg is completely valid for for how he's feeling right in this moment. But it's I don't just think like, he's ever th- I don't think he's ever thought that there's anything on this planet powerful enough to f- beat the gems this way. Because mm. for his entire life, the entire time that he's known the gems, like they've beaten everything that's come before them. But he didn't know. He never saw other gem, other like non-corrupted gems except for like Pearl Amethyst, Rose and Garnet. Mm hmm. And I mean, they're very powerful and he had confidence in them, in their ability to protect Steven. And then they, this new gym shows up day one and immediately starts kicking their fucking ass. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. Is like, we've never seen the gym, the, 
And I think this is, I think this goes back right here, like, the way that this whole fucking thing right here works is them very early on being like, here's the thesis of the show. That you're not, like, conflict like this is not going to be resolved by fighting. We're not, this isn't a show where you punch the bad guy and you win the day. Yeah. Um, because violence is not the answer here. Uh, it is not, uh, it, you know, it, it is, proves to be ineffective. No matter how good the gyms are at fighting, they're not going to beat Lapis with just their fucking fists. And also the fact that Garnet can punch water, <laughs> Like, really hard. That was very surprising, frankly. I forgot that Garnet can punch water hard enough to kick it backwards. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, what it comes down to is Steven going up there and talking with a person, de-escalating a situation, and figuring out how to fix the thing. And no one else wanting to take the time to do that same work. Mm-hmm. Um... But also, I did write down here, Lapis is like the first real enemy the show has ever had. Yeah, everything else has been very monster of the week, and she is definitely like mid-boss. Yeah. And it they do such a good job of being like, if this is what the mid-boss looks like, holy shit. What the hell else is coming? Mm-hmm. Um, the talk between Steven and Lapis is very good. Um... I love Steven just being like, just being real with her, just being very kind, very understand. She literally just tried to drown him, and he's like, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Honestly, like, this is something that um, Anya and I talked about a fair bit in an Equestria Gaze recording that we just did, um, mm-hmm. where... In My Little Pony, to a certain extent, and definitely in Steven Universe, to a large extent, the main characters, well, in Steven Universe, Steven specifically Mm -hmm. seems to intuitively understand that usually what is going on is there is some sort of underlying like unmet need that is driving uh sentient enemies to do the things that they're doing and that violence isn't going to resolve the issue the real thing that resolves the issue is finding a way to meet that need so it no longer seems like violence is necessary right and he does this with almost every bad guy there is at the end of this season we do punch one bad guy in the face to solve the problem Mm -hmm. sort of but that actually it goes terribly it goes terribly wrong that that victory is very hollow by the end of the episode um so that will be fun to get to (laughs) um but yeah like it's it, it they're setting up that like understanding is going to solve the problems people on the internet hey twitter (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, uh, the Steven Universe fandom. Uh, this show is about interpersonal conflict. It was never going to be a big fight at the end. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
Um, oh, wait, hold on. Speaking of Twitter, somebody talked to us on Twitter uh, recently. Let me pull up and make sure we're not forgetting that person's. They're, they're literally the only person who's ever commented on anything I've posted on Twitter. So I might as well go make sure that we're not leaving them out. Um. Oh, oh, they're talking about the big sword. We'll talk about the big sword. Alex Guerrero on uh on Twitter. We'll talk. We'll talk to you here. In a, we'll talk about you in a little bit here. At Fractal Dragon. Um. But yeah, like uh, so heels uh heels, Lapis like whole demeanor change too when they like they're like hey she's not a bad guy anymore. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. they do immediate, like, face turn on Lapis by giving her pupils. <laughs> Apparently that's all you need. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, love love this Lapis face turn. The wings with the, the character design really add a lot. Uh, the Just how painfully awkward the interaction between Lapis and Steven at the top of the tower is, is just glorious. Yeah, it's very good. Um, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, and honestly, like, the background art for just the top of the tower during that whole sequence. Oh my God. Uh, it, it is. This show just look when this show wants to look fucking amazing. It just pulls out all the goddamn stops. It's so good. Um, oh, also, uh, Steven calling Lapis Bob is going to come back. <laughs> Oh, boy. No prob, Bob. It comes back uh, way later. I think it like the season fucking three. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, good times. Good times. Um, so Lapis flies off. Um, Action Connie was great. Mm hmm. Uh, really sets up like uh, Connie becoming having a much more active role in gym adventures starting in season two. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. Um, the definitely has like that. They set they set such a good fucking mood at the end of this episode where everybody cheering and then Garnet and Pearl specifically Garnet and Pearl, which I don't think I think Amethyst has a much more limited understanding of what's going on than even like I don't feel like they've explained the entire situation to Amethyst. Because it seems like just the two of them kind of really concerned about this situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's very it's very interesting that it's just Garnet and Pearl talking about this and not Amethyst in that conversation. Um, so, yeah. All right. The uh, last note that I had is, thank you, Sadie. Oh, yeah, for throwing fucking... Yeah, this is what... All right, everybody, I need you in your life to throw every Lars in your life into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> throw please. throw your Lars into the ocean. Just just yeet those terrible men in your life into the ocean and don't look back. Yeah. Fuck them. You don't need them. Uh they're not going to get four seasons of character growth. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay. 
I think that's it. And do you have any uh, last notes or anything to say about Ocean Gym before we move on to House Guest? Ah, uh, that's it. Okay. I feel like these are also the three episodes where we're like, okay, we're going to act like this is a, we're moving away from episodic into a more hybrid between episodic and serialized showing storytelling. Yeah. Um, because episode 27 house guest, uh, the official synopsis after injuring his leg, Greg comes to live with Steven and unintentionally interferes with Steven's powers. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Thanks, official synopsis. We're only like nine episodes into the show and you ruined our only bit. <laughs> um, by being good at your job. Fuck. Um, Give it time. So, There's still plenty of episodes for it to completely fumble. That's true, I guess. Thank thank you for seeing the bright side. <laughs> August. <laughs> um, while Pearl is fixing Greg's van, uh, Greg uh, is basically injured. Uh, he's got his leg taped up in a splint sort of thing. Um, and Steven uh, is like, oh, hey, I can heal you with my healing powers. After Greg sort of suggests maybe he could move in with the gems for a while. And Pearl is real cagey about that uh, reality. Uh, so Steven licks his hand, slaps on Greg's broken leg. Uh, then seemingly nothing happens. Um Steven uh, uh, is kind of upset about this because he thought he was doing so much better with his powers. Uh, but everyone's like, it's okay, buddy. You just need more practice or whatever. So the gyms allow Greg to come stay with them, uh, resulting in Steven and Greg spending a whole lot of time together. Uh, this is shown in a montage with a song called Dear Old Dad. It's a very cute montage. Um, Garnet breaks in, telling the, the gyms, uh, that, uh, telling the gems that the geode has cracked and they must leave immediately, including Steven. Uh, suddenly Greg feels lonely and he kind of goes on a bit of a fucking guilt trip about it. Uh, and Pearl gives him a thing called the warp whistle, which doesn't look exactly like the warp whistle from Mario three, but mm, you mm. know, they wanted to draw it exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, basically it alerts the gems if Greg needs anything. Uh, they show up at the geode. It's a geode. Uh, I don't know how to explain it other than it's a geode sitting in the middle of a crater. Uh, it's got a big crack in it and there's a storm going on. Garnet explains. Well, no, not Garnet. Uh, sorry, my bad. Pearl uh, explains or starts to explain that there is a synthetic storm, um, trapped inside the geode. And if it breaks, it will be released and basically murder everything everywhere forever. Um, suddenly the warp whistle goes off while Pearl's trying to explain this. Steven heads back to the house where Greg's like, oh, I'm just trying to check to make sure it works. So Steven goes back. They explain more of the thing. This bit kind of continues for a little while with Greg kind of calling Steven back for not like the most serious reasons. Um, in the midst of this, the gyms are like, all right, Steven, go heal the geode. And he's like, I don't think that I can do it. And they're like, no, you got this, buddy. You can fucking do this shit. So he goes, he goes to heal the geode, slaps his, his spitty palm on there, and nothing happens. So the gems head back to the temple. After they are summoned once more by the warp whistle, Stephen comes in. He's like, Dad, Greg doesn't answer. He immediately becomes panicked where he runs upstairs. Greg has fallen asleep. Uh, 
he explains to Steven, oh, he called him back because he just missed the funniest fucking commercial. And finally, Steven's like, listen, Dad, you've got to be serious about this shit. I was afraid something had actually happened to you. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Hey, could you go run and get me some food from the Big Donut? And the gems are like, yeah, we're going to head back into the temple and kind of come up with a plan to try and figure out what to do with the geode pretty quickly. And then Amethyst gives Steven a little bit of a pep talk, telling him to forget about earlier and also get her a croissant. Uh, Steven walks outside uh, and immediately remembers uh, something. He forgot to ask his dad oh, what kind what of donuts, donuts he, he wanted. Yep, yeah, thank you. Uh, and he walks back in seeing uh, Greg not just standing at the refrigerator, but just full on fucking dancing, just going hog wild uh, right there in front of the refrigerator. And Steven's like, what the fuck, dad? And he's like, what do you mean? Dad, what? Dad. Uh, and uh, he's like, oh, my leg. And he finally starts kind of putting on the act. And Steven's like, what the fuck? And just kind of loses his shit on Greg, telling Greg that he really fucked with his head. Uh, by lying to him, Greg's like, well, I just wanted to spend time with my kid. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cause any of this. Um, and Steven kind of like huffs his way outside to kind of clear his head. He collects himself, calms down. He walks back inside where Greg is on the warp pad. And Steven's like, what the hell are you doing, dad? And he's like, I'm going to go fix the problem that I've caused. Uh, so he and a bunch of tools go to the geode. Steven jumps into the warp gate at the exact time. Um, Steven and Greg kind of like talk about the geode. Greg in, uh, is like, you've got it. You, you can do this, son. You can heal the thing. You healed me. You've got the power inside of you. So Steven very confidently runs towards the geode, licks both of his palms, uh, double healing power, activate and fuck all happens again, uh, for some reason. Greg's like, listen, buddy, it's okay. We've got duct tape. And then they duct tape the geode clothes, and that fixes it. Ancient gym technology containing a storm that could literally level the planet. One strip of duct, a single strip of duct tape solves the problem. Um, so they uh, go back to the uh, go back to the temple where Pearl has repaired the van. Greg is so happy that he hugs Pearl, who is horrified at being touched mood um mm -hmm. and before he leaves he hands steven a duck the roll of duct tape telling him just in case steven uh keeps it on his nightstand he goes to bed and he shouts good night to his dad who's still kind of like just sleeping in his van outside of the house where greg says uh good night steven star wipe the end oh actually heart wipe the end yes this episode caused the most vigorous conversation in our Discord. <laughs> Not the heavy lore episodes. Uh, the episodes about Greg. And I feel like that's good. That's a good thing. That's uh, not a flaw. It's a feature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... This episode definitely... Okay. There's this is another instance of the episode is predicated on something having to happen. And I feel like what we have seen up until this point indicates that this should not have gone down the way that it did. Mm -hmm. But the plot dictated that it had to happen. How do you um, mean like Greg lying to Steven? Yes, specifically Greg lying to Steven because like 
up until this point, Greg has, like, he's been a little bumbling and he's been known to sugarcoat things, but he's never really outright lied. And we do know from Rose's room that at the very least, Stephen's perception of him and possibly Rose's perception, because I still feel like some of what happened in Rose's room was powered by like a shred of Rose that was left in the gym. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing that one of the things that stuck out to me, partly because it was just really funny, but also because it was in line with or felt like it was in line with Greg's character was him talking about at least you were honest about it. Right. Well, here's the thing. I think they do a good job. I I don't know if we're going to go note by note. I feel like the real the real meat of this episode is just talking about why Greg makes this decision. Mm -hmm. You know, like. um, But yeah, like for real, there's like a, a page of conversation in our discord. I can't read all of it, but it's just people like doing this exact litigation that we're about to do. Probably, but like good on Elijah and Shannon and Izzy. Uh, shout out to everybody in our Discord. Uh, I loved reading this conversation and tried not to talk into it too much because I wanted to save it for the the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he does a good job. I think this episode does a good job of explaining to you why Greg would do this. Like, this is. I think this is hearkening back to the same thing that we've seen multiple times with the gems and we're going to see moving forward. But it is Steven Universe is a show that is not concerned with parents that are perfect or even good all the time. They're concerned with parents that are trying to do their best and watching and seeing what happens when their best is not good. Uh, and I think it's important that even the best parental figure in Steven's life, the most reliable, I guess, not necessarily best, I guess, uh, that's kind of mean toward the gyms, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, cause they do, a, they do a lot of work too. Um, but the most reliable parental figure in Steven's life is still very, very capable of letting him down in a very real way, uh, of shaking his confidence of doing something that really puts him on the back foot because that's a thing that happens to you as a kid. Your parents will do something they don't understand has the sort of like repercussions and effects that are happening on you because, you know, unlike Steven who can talk to his fucking parents, most of us just fucking don't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Because he – we initially get like – he's like, oh, I could st- – because he only – does the lie after he makes the suggestion, hey, I could stay with you guys, and then Pearl shoots that shit down immediately. Uh, Like, I feel like, because they were talking about, like, why he can't stay, and I think it's Pearl, like, I think it's fucking Pearl just does not want his ass in the fucking house. Yeah, I feel like that's a a fair read on the situation. Because, like, Amethyst wouldn't give a fuck about hanging out with Greg, and I don't think Garnet cares. <laughs> Uh, but it's like that, you know, this is on, and we don't know about right now. We understand we've seen a little bit that like Pearl obviously had a thing for Rose. 
Um, and we, you and I both have future knowledge about like that relationship with Pearl and Rose. But right now mm-hmm. is like the audience is seeing it. We don't understand what the full extent of that relationship was. Did she just have a crush on Pearl, on Rose? What's the deal? Obviously, Pearl has been the one who's been the most sort of, I guess, antagonistic would be the old, that's the only way I can think of to put it, uh, toward Greg. Uh, there's decidedly an animosity when, obviously, Pearl cares enough to, like, fix his shit. She doesn't want him to die or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But she is the one who has the most animosity to him. And then immediately she's very concerned about Greg moving in. Uh, and that immediately puts kind of Greg feeling shitty about it. You can see they do a really good job of, it, like, animating his face of, like, he's kind of f- has the wind taken out of sails of not being able to spend this time with his kid, you know? Yeah. And then when presented with the opportunity, uh, he makes a shitty, selfish de- decision for himself because he wants to spend more time with Steven and his way of being able to do that is to pretend that his leg has continued to be broken. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the tension between Pearl and Greg is so uncomfortable. It really is. And I mean, and I mean, it's supposed to be uncomfortable, yeah. but oh gosh. And, uh, like, it's even worse with the knowledge of why they're, they're, they have this dynamic to begin with. Yeah. Like, because, like, at the time, I really need to, like, we, again, for the millionth time, I'm saying, we need to figure out a way of feeling what the, like, the vibe was at the time when these episodes mm-hmm. were coming out. But uh, I remember people talking about, like, thinking that the relationship between Rose and Pearl was more one-sided with it being like this unrequited attraction from Mm -hmm. Pearl at Rose when it was far more complicated than that and far more mutual than that. Uh, And also didn't come into the fact that like all of the blame that Pearl puts on Greg about the fact that Rose is no longer around, Um, which we get to, uh, we do actually... This builds and does come to a head, uh, maybe in season two. Uh, I'll have to look at the episodes, but it comes to a head. There's a musical episode, uh, where it all comes to a head at, because this is the kind of show where they want to, they're going to solve the, the biggest conflict between two characters with a musical. Uh, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like, I think. Like, it's very uncomfortable. You can see it, like, upsets Greg. And I think it's it's all very predicated on the fact that, like, Greg, Stevens Rock, for all intents and purposes, makes a very selfish decision uh, that he doesn't understand the ramifications of. Because obviously, if you had explained to Greg, like, if Greg had known that, like, Stevens' confidence in his powers would be shaken by this to the point that he would lose them. Obviously, Greg would have never made this fucking choice, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think he would intentionally do something that heinous to Steven, but it's not about the thing that he intentionally did. It's about all of the unintentional little things that we do to people and how it fucks with the relationships because people don't want to communicate. Mm-hmm. 
Because we wouldn't have this problem if Greg and Pearl had uh, talked at any fucking point in time about mm-hmm. the, about their fucking feelings. Yeah. Um, also, I do have one note that I need to go back to, which is, did Greg not go to the fucking doctor? <laughs> what the fuck? He just taped some shit to his leg. I'm pretty sure this was pre-ACA, so he may not have had any way of getting health insurance. I am glad that uh, the United States of Steven Universe is exactly as fucked up healthcare-wise as the real United States. (laughs) Jesus, titty fucking Christ, oh my god. (sighs) Sorry. No, you're you're fine. Reminded me of the fact that I also don't have healthcare and would love to go to the doctor sometimes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I wish I had a son who could spit on me and heal me. (laughs) I can't. Why did I say that sentence? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes things just make sense in your head and still should not be voiced. Yeah. I mean, that sentence all made sense. It just was a terrible sentence to say. Um... So, uh, the little song is hella sweet, though. Like, and I feel like that, that, that does a bit to, like, try and show you... I, I feel like that leans into the same same thing of trying to explain to you why Greg made this decision that he did. Because, like... From a, from yeah. a plot perspective, yes, it's very, it's very sweet. But honestly, like, this is the first song I've heard in the series that I'm just like, ugh. Greg's voice I, actor is not the best singer. No, and I mean... And honestly, Zach was a little off on this, too. Yeah, it just, it didn't sound that great. I feel like as if far they, as... I feel like maybe if they had, like, I think it's because Zach is kind of puts on a different register of his voice to be Steven at this current age. And so mm-hmm. he's trying to sing in that register, and so it's not necessarily 100% comfortable for him to do. Because I feel like they've kind of change like when steven sings in the previous times we've heard steven sing he's like a little bit lower pitch to his voice you know Mm -hmm. um but i think maybe they like had him sing it a little bit key that was a little hard for him to hit so it could contrast better with greg yeah i mean it just i was i was not enthused yeah it was it, it did a good job of like telling a story though yeah. Or reinforcing the plot. Uh, they can't all be bangers. There's fucking five seasons. They're yeah. all, like, it's 99% bangers, and frankly, this is the only song that I'm like, eh, on. I'm, I'm also in the eh category with you. Like, it's a cute song. I feel like if maybe they re-did, re-released these songs, and they had both actors kind of go at it another pass at it, like, mm-hmm. maybe change the key on it a little bit, I think it'd be fine. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I don't know, what, what am I referring to? My notes, I'm referred to my notes after, it says, this song is hella sweet. And then my next three notes are, fuck, Jesus, ouch. And I don't know what <laughs> I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> um... I, okay, so, I don't know what your fuck is about, 
but I know that my next note after the the song ends is about Pearl like wiping all the grease off and it's just like I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, it's kind of weirdly hot, huh? It's <laughs> Is it meant to be that sexual? Like like this is I feel like this is some lesbian fan service, but it still feels very weird. <laughs> I know, right? I had You know what? Same vibe. I'm like, is this like Pearl coming out of the pool? Like, what is going on here? Yeah. It was fast time on Jinmont High. Like, Jesus. <laughs> You're welcome for that joke. Um, but yeah, same, 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 same hat. Like, I'm like, oh, this is a little, little hotter than I thought it was going to be. And I remember it being. Um, also yeah. in this episode, the art gets real wonky near the end of this episode. Not going to lie. Yeah. This is the first time where I'm like, ooh, Lord. Because, like, it's the Steven's hands keep changing lengths. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that really fucks with me. <laughs> he gets his fingers get so long, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing that like, because like, it's only really the last third of this episode where it feels like it kind of gets a little weird and like loose on the art. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I, I mean, again, it, they've cranked, they, they've got to crank out 52 episodes for this, this season, which I'm, I'm glad. I feel like a lot of these inconsistencies and issues like this get solved when they start, they ratchet down the number of episodes per season. Mm-hmm. Cause like they're probably the 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 studio is probably cranking these fucking things out at a blistering fucking pace. Um, yeah, almost certainly. Yeah. So. Uh oh, the, I think maybe the fuck was the conversation between Stephen and Greg. Like it's just mm-hmm. fucking brutal. Uh, and where Greg is like, he's like, why did you lie to me? He's like, I just wanted to spend time with my kid. Like, he's very raw and visceral when he says that. And it's like, it is, you're pissed off at him because of the things that he's done with Steven. And in that moment, it's really fucking heartbreaking when he says that. Yeah. 100%. And so, like, I think, like, and again, this is like the thesis. Like, Greg made a, is coming to realize he, he's hurt his son. He makes a decision that he's got to go fix the fucking thing. I feel like the episode does a good job of redeeming Greg by the end. When he realizes the ramifications of his decisions, the the hurt that he's caused Stephen, he immediately takes steps to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. He doesn't try and pass the blame off. Uh, he doesn't, he, you know, he explains himself, obviously. But when he realizes that he's fucked up that bad, he's like, well, I've, I've got to go help my kid. And I think that's the key thing here is that he fucks up and he does the things that he takes the steps he needs to solve the pro like to to solve the problem that his fuck up has caused. Or at the very least, the steps he thinks he yeah, needs to he's, take. He's he's trying his best. <laughs> he doesn't understand. I mean, it does technically work. So, yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, like. Yeah realistically he has no fucking clue what's actually going on and so he's just kind of like heedlessly throwing himself into a situation that he does not understand yeah and he's just damn lucky that like duct tape fixes everything it's very true um i think it's interesting that i think it's a very good uh, a 
a show that was less concerned with building its characters in the way that Steven Universe is would have had Steven get his powers back in here. Yeah. And I think it's a good and bold choice to be like, hey, Greg's selfish decision is going to have lasting ramifications for his kid for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steven's going to have to get over this, this problem right here. Uh, and I think that's like, that's a very, you know, that is Steven Universe taking a very bold decision with its storytelling. And again, being like letting it be confident in its audience to understand what's going on. Like, and not like not telling kids like everything's going to be fixed immediately. You know, it feels like it's a very realistic sort of expectation setting for like its audience. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I do love how supportive the gyms are. Uh, even, when it looks like Steven might not be able to do magic, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, they're never upset about it. They're just very matter of fact. It's like, okay, well, you tried your best. Yeah. So, you know, don't worry about it. You're not at fault. And we just need to find some other solution. Yeah, they do a good job of trying to. Exp- now, I, I, I guess it's like one of those things where like, the gyms are like, You'll get it. It's fine. You're young. You're just now getting your powers. Of course you don't understand. Like, you know, of course it's not going to be consistent, you know? Yeah. And then, but Steven being a kid and, you know, this is true for most kids. When something bad happens, it feels like the end of the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for Steven, who already has a whole lot of confidence issues and has internalized a whole lot of, like, blame and fear that... <sighs> is probably just picked up from, like, the way the gyms act. Because I don't think the gyms have ever directly said shit like that to him, you know? Uh, yeah. But he is worried he's got this legacy to live up to, and he's internalized this this sense of uh, this weight of responsibility that the gyms haven't put onto him but sort of have, you know, mm-hmm. unintentionally have placed upon him uh, about him living up to his mother's legacy. Uh, yeah. and it's very interesting to see, see the gears are like, they spent, you know, we spent what, 26 episodes building Steven up and it's like, all right, time to come back down motherfuckers. <laughs> Cause this is an anime and that's what happens in anime. <laughs> it's, it's time. True. It's time for Steven to go to the hyperbolic time chamber. Jesus. <laughs> um, Sailor so Moon that manga. Means that- yeah. Going, that sorry. means that Garnet is Piccolo, right? Yes, Garnet is Piccolo. Obviously, Garnet is Piccolo. The one you want to marry? Yeah, it's Garnet. Yes. <laughs> Piccolo, second best dad on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Vegeta's the best dad. I hate to say it, but he's a very good dad. <laughs> Well, okay, so, like, right out of the gate, Piccolo is the best dad, but Vegeta overtakes yeah. by him the later end in of the, the series. By the end of the series, Vegeta is the best dad. V- yes. Piccolo is a close-ass second. Goku is the worst dad in history. <laughs> yes. Um, come fight me. That's a, that's a known fact about Dragon Ball Z, frankly. 
No, it is. even the 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 most ardent Dragon Ball fans wouldn't be like, yes, Goku. They're like, yeah, Goku's a bad dad. Yeah. Um. But uh, I love the Sailor Moon manga, like straight up just a Sailor Moon manga uh, right there on Stevens. Again, how does Steven not know what school is? I don't know. Um, I, uh, I, I think it's very cute. Him like screaming down to Greg. Also, it seems like a good solution for their problem, their collective problem here. But whatever. Um, seeing as Greg's house moves. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah. You know what? For what could ostensibly have started out as, like, more of one of the fillery episodes, like, lots of fucking meat on the bone here. Like, yeah, these are three pretty solid from a storytelling perspective episodes, and two of them are knock it the fuck right out of the park from art direction-wise as well. Yeah, and all of these episodes are really good with, like, character development and stuff. Yeah, we learn... A lot about a whole lot of things in this particular in these particular episodes like that you can really feel the the show has fight like definitely shifted gears in in 25 and 26 and did not shift back down with 27. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything else about episode 27 house guest. I do have a question. Yeah. Just in as far as, like, is the geode supposed to be alive? I think the geode is a super, or is a, I think it's exactly what they said it is. I think what happened is, like, during the war, there was an engineered storm deployed as a super weapon, and then this geode was built as, like, a deterrent to that. Like, I think the geode is literally just a containment containment vessel called the geode. Yeah, because it's like, I almost wonder if Steven's uh, healing spit wouldn't work on it anyway, because yeah, it's we've never not... seen him be because he I think honestly, it wouldn't have ever worked, like even if Steven was at full power. And I think honestly, that may be the thing that shakes his confidence the most is that I don't think Steven's powers work on things that are inanimate. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we like later we will see Steven be able to use his powers to like regrow a flower. But that makes sense. That's a living thing. Yeah. Like we are never and the gems are living things. We're never shown that Steven's powers can like fix a pair of glasses, you know. And so I don't think that he was ever going to be able to heal the geode. And that may honestly have done that combined with the Greg thing did a whole lot of damage to Steven's confidence because mm-hmm. they don't understand his powers well enough right now. Um, but yeah, I don't think he would have ever, the way that they set up the rules for his powers, I don't think he would have ever been able to heal the geode. That's a good thing that duct tape works. Yeah. Duct tape works pretty good. I, I mean, personally, I would have used something a little bit heavier duty, like a gorilla tape. Because uh, you wouldn't want to use... This is a situation where I would not use gaffer tape. Uh, because you want something rubberized. What with the mm-hmm. electricity. Uh, but 99% of the time, gaffer tape. The other percent of the time, gorilla tape. Normal ass duct tape. Not that great. Don't buy that, kids. <laughs> buy gorilla tape. It's better 
stronger. You need less of it. Trust me. I fixed a lot of things that you shouldn't be able to fix with a uh, gorilla tape. Cool. So kind of nearer toward the end, I guess after the end of season one, there's a little short that's released called We Are the Crystal Gems, which is an extended mm-hmm. version of the song at the beginning of the show. Um, but it, it reveals some information also has some like backstory. Cause like, I'm sorry, I'm reading trivia on this Wikipedia page where it talks about, um, Greg, uh, says the reasoning behind his lies is they wanted to live with his son again, indicating that he'd lived with Steven before. And this fact is confirmed in we are the crystal gems. Cause like in that little short, I might show you that, uh, we'll wait, we'll wait on it. Um, We'll wait till at least after the Amethyst Spotlight episode. Um, okay. Because, uh, like, technically what it does is it reveals that, like, Garnet is a fusion, but we know that because it's 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, I, I realize now that the, the short doesn't re, re, uh, doesn't spoil anything that you don't already know. Um but uh, it shows that, like, Stephen lived with Greg for a long time, like, probably until he was, like, 10 or 11 years old. So. So that, that's very interesting, like, and it's interesting that, like, Greg saying, I just wanted to live with my son again, you know, it's really fucking sad, Jesus. Also, apparently, I didn't catch this, but uh, Stephen has a picture of Connie on the uh, top shelf of his bed shelf. Aww. They're so fucking cute. That's very cute. Man, that Sailor Moon, I'm looking at that picture of that Sailor Moon manga, and god damn, is that just straight up a fucking Sailor Moon manga? Like, they didn't even try to hide it. <laughs> uh, also, it looks like Steven is running some, uh, rocking some kind of Android phone, so good on you in 2014 rocking that Android phone. Well, I mean, there are a lot of really weird licensing things when it comes to, like, iPhones iPhones and, they're very and Apple imagery. products. Yeah. Yeah. Like you cannot have a bad guy use an iPhone like that is against the licensing agreement that Apple will make product placement people uh, sign. So if there's somebody that you don't know in a movie, if they're supposed to be good or bad, but they're they're using an Android like they might be bad if they're using an iPhone, then that means that they're the good guys and that's a red herring that they're trying to make you think they might be the bad guys. Mm, interesting. Uh, also, Android phones are going to be cheaper and Lord knows Steven probably goes through those motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, all right, we have come to the end of the episode. It is time. To, to rank Lapis uh, in uh, on wife goals. Uh, fully formed Lapis, not cracked Lapis. Where uh, I feel like Lapis uh, is like your like your your pastel goth GF. Yeah. Yeah. And I that may know. be just because like, I know more about Lapis. Lapis is like a very, very depressed character. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I still feel like Garnet is ultimate wife city to me. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. 
I'm not saying that Lapis has anyway surpassed Garnet in 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 like the like wife's like mayor of wife city. Um <laughs> uh that is Garnet. That will probably forever be Garnet. Uh I don't know. You might change your tune when Bismuth shows up. Uh but we're very far away from Bismuth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like Bismuth is, like, more solid. Like, if Garnet is your type, Bismuth is, Bismuth is like, if somebody custom-made a character in this show for you. <laughs> Fair. Like, big, strong, uh, big, strong, alt, like, looks like they can bench-press a mountain blacksmith, like, lesbian. Yeah, that that sounds <laughs> like August Bait. Yep. Um... Also, I feel like you're going to be tempted by, uh, you're going to be tempted by, um, oh, I've forgotten her name. How did I have forgotten her name? Jasper. Yes, Jasper. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Jasper isn't wife material, but it's just like, hmm, this, this character is definitely also August Bate. It's true. Large, mean woman who could break me. Yes. Right, right. Please. <laughs> Jasper is like the fling that you have. Uh, uh, fucking Bismuth is who you settle down with. Fair. Yeah. Um, God, I love L- Lapis is one of my like favorite fucking characters. I love all of the very fucked up characters <laughs> in Stephen <laughs> Universe. No, none of the gems get get away with being like having just being normal people. Like, <laughs> like they don't get to have good lives. Uh, and I like that, frankly, because like they do a lot of good. We're going to see a lot of good work, especially in season two of like Lapis dealing with just like being incredibly fucking depressed. Mm. Um, and then, uh, we're also going to get Peridot in season two, who is, uh, like the little, like on the spectrum gremlin. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I love her very much as well. And then like. You know, all the all the gems and their fucking current issues that they have. Uh, especially we're going to see some fucking issues next week or next. I always say week like we record this show weekly, which <laughs> we super do not. Um, but next time, well, we're just kicking it right out, like just fucking kicking the door in next time. So uh, next time we're going to be watching episodes 28 Space Race, 29 Secret Team and 30 island adventure and it's like space race will fucking destroy us secret team will be cute and it'll allow us to breathe a little bit and then island adventure uh prepare for an hour of us being mad about sadie and lars again <laughs> oh boy yeah steven takes lars and sadie on a, a vacation to a magical beach to mend their friendship you can only imagine how much material we're gonna get out of that Oh, uh, boy. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Oh, man, we are... One, two, three, four, five, six. We are only two episodes away from getting to Alone Together, where Stevani shows up. <gasps> I'm very stoked about that. Also, the test is in that episode, and that is a fucking heartbreaking episode, too. Man, it just this this series is picking like just looking at the episodes like we're just picking up speed. We're not going to slow down until we hit the hit jailbreak. Um, so uh, 
Thank you for listening. Uh, I know this has probably been a long one. I have not even checked to see how long we're at. Holy shit. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the uh, thank you for listening. If you want to uh, check us out, if you like what we do here, check us out on our other stuff. I am the GM for The Room Where It Happened, um, an actual play podcast. Right now we're doing Space Appalachia stuff. It's very, very good. Um, you can also check out me in August playing video games on Mondays on our Twitch channel for our podcasting guild. It is uh, Stones uh, Standing Stones Prod, right? P-R-O-D? Yep. Yeah. Uh, probably by the time you hear this, we'll be back on our Bioshock grind. Uh, Bioshock 2 broke us a little bit, so we, we took a little bit of break. We played a little bit of Darkest Dungeon. It's been much better than if the one session of uh, Darkest Dungeon we've played is infinitely better than Bioshock 2. <laughs> Um, a game that had a lot of problems and hurt me physically and uh, psychically. Yeah. I mean, obviously like all the games we play hurt me psychically. <laughs> I'm running out of psychic hit points. <laughs> um, where can, uh, they find you on the internet August? Uh, I can be found, uh, on Twitter at Harpydora. You can also hear me talk about another, very colorful children's cartoon that acquired a large adult following over on Equestria Gaze. Uh, it's like gay space rocks, but make it horses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you need to maybe switch to that because I didn't think it was going to, when you make it whore, and I didn't think it was going to end as says. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no. I, I didn't think that uh, Equestria Gaze was like that, but all right. <laughs> no, although like, I'm genuinely shocked at how little uh, pony porn has shown up on uh, the Equestria Gaze Twitter dash. Um, I have uh, I, I finally fixed the, the, the filters on the uh, Gay Space Rocks Twitter so I don't accidentally pull up weird gym porn at, at work. <laughs> that's, so. that's very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, there's also a wide variety of actual plays that we're both on, but, uh, yeah, y'all already know about that. Yeah, you know that. Links links uh, will be in the doobly-doo if you don't. Yeah, something you might not, uh, know about, though, is if you like, if you like the format of this and Equestria Gaze, go also check out another show that's on our podcasting guild, uh, Escafil Files, if you like this, but for Animorphs. Um, Jade and Danielle, uh, are killing it over there doing, doing, we're basically taking all this children's media. That's, that's Standing Stones Productions is about two things. It's about actual play podcasts that are gay as shit and, uh, reevaluating children's media. <laughs> Apparently this is our brand. It's true. Um, but yeah, check us out on Twitter at Gay Space Rocks. I'm at Roomware Pod. For real, come talk to us either on Twitter or Discord. It's a good, good time. Real big shout out again to the people in our Discord, uh, Shannon and Elijah and Izzy and Ashlyn and Philo. Like you guys all do, uh, like you guys all make it fun to hang out. I don't remember who Skull Bunny Galaxy. I don't remember your real name. I'm sorry. Um but also shout out to you. And then also shout out to Alex Guerrero at Fractal Dragon. 
or at a fractal dragon on Twitter for talking to us on Twitter. The first person to talk to us uh, on Twitter intentionally, (laughs) intentionally. Uh, We got tagged again, by the way. Did I tell you about that? No. (laughs) We got tagged again by some uh, country music artist who was on the other gay space pod, the real gay space pod. (laughs) Um, And then I was trying to parlay that into them becoming onto our show as well, (laughs) but it didn't work out as well. (laughs) Alas. Oh, well. Um, So uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again. Should be a fucking banger next week or next time. Uh... Shit's all fucked out there. Stay safe. Who said our call out last time? Was it me? It was you. So, all right, so yeah. Send us home, August. All right, everybody. Uh, remember, be like Cookie Cat and leave your family behind. Peace. Peace.